All right, what's happening? What is going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. Let's get to it. Our Wednesday How to Be a Pro series. We've had a couple shows so far, and uh, today we're going to talk about the market. This is very important, very crucial. You have to know how the market works. You actually have to know how the market works in detail if you're going to beat the market, right? That doesn't make a lot of sense to say, I'm going to beat the market. I'm going to make a living betting sports, and I'm going to beat the market, and I'm going to cash out every month. But if you don't know how the market works, how are you supposed to beat the market? And if you don't know how sports books make decisions they make, how are we ever supposed to, to find opportunity with the prices they're giving us? So let's start off by defining what is the market. The market, the sports betting market, refers to the collective sports betting world setting prices of any given game or market or, or, or you know game, outcome, events. I don't care if it's Joey Chestnut eating, eating a hot dog. The market decides what that price should be. It refers to the betters, not necessarily the sports books. You see, when most people hear market, they think sports books. And that's actually not really true. Now, sports books do play an important role, right, in setting prices, setting opening lines. But very few actually do this. So before we get into the markets, let's talk about the different kinds of sports books because this is important, right? There's two different kinds of sports books and business models that sports books choose to employ or choose to deploy. The first one and the most popular one that we all know about is called the retail sports book. And we'll talk about that in a second because we're going to focus first on the market making sports books. Again, these are the two kinds, retail and market makers. So let's start with, start off with market makers. Market making sports books do just that. They create the opening lines or create the opening markets for all of these different events or games or whatever you're betting on. So an example of this would be maybe Bet Online. Okay, they're an offshore sports book. They 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 come up with their own price for a lot of different games. Let's talk about the NHL because I bet the NHL. I know Bet Online is a market maker for the NHL, one of the few market makers. So how it'll work is, let's say. Let's just come up with two random teams, the Colorado Avalanche and the Anaheim Ducks, okay? Let's say Anaheim is at Colorado. Well, Bet Online has their own team of people who create prices. They create lines. So what'll happen is the day before the game, usually the same time every day, Bet Online will put out tomorrow's games, tomorrow's opening lines. And the thing about market-making sportsbooks is they charge a much more fair price point than retail sportsbooks. We'll get there in a sec with the retail, but market makers don't charge minus 110, minus 110. They'll often charge you know, 10 cent, 10 cent straddles where it's minus 105, minus 105, right? Minus 108, minus 102, things like this. So mar- market-making books have an advantage. They give people like me where every cent you're saving is so important uh, more of a fair price, more of a fair bet for almost every single game, every single situation. What happens though with market makers is they move largely based on action early in the process. So if in this Colorado Anaheim game, Colorado opens up minus 130, Anaheim plus 120, let's say, well, I think, and, and let's say I think there's value on Colorado. I would max bet Colorado, whatever the max bet is, maybe $500 early in the process, maybe 1000 and the line would likely move. If Colorado was minus 130, maybe they moved to minus 140 or minus 135, whatever, right? So retail sports books, or excuse me, let's stay with market makers. So market making sports books open lines up, move based on action, and come up with what they consider the fair price to be. It's very rare a sports book opens up a line and no one bets on it. What that would mean by definition is everyone who bets on these games thinks that line is perfect because because 
with the added in VIG, even with the 10 cent straddle of minus 105, minus 105, if the line is perfect, there would be no side to bet on. There would be no profitable side. We only make a bet when either side of the line is wrong. So it's very common that the opening sports book will have a quote wrong line based on what the market thinks, and it'll get hammered into place, at least what the early sports bettors think the place should be within a matter of minutes to, to hours. So market makers open lines up, move based on action, and take all of the early action from pros because the lines are favorable and low hold, right? Low, minus 105, minus 105, low household. That's a market-making book. These are very rare. These do not exist. I would say maybe 5% of all sports books are market-making sports books. Almost every book that we see advertising on TV is not a market-making book. It's a retail sports book. And the one kind of confused sports book who can't figure out what they are would be DraftKings. I see DraftKings advertising like all these other retail sports books, yet they offer opening lines for Major League Baseball. I think they're going to offer opening lines for other sports. So I actually love that DraftKings is trying to take a stand, trying to offer opening lines and get involved in other ways. But I would still consider DraftKings to be if you had to pick between the two, probably more of a retail sports book. A retail book simply copies market-making sports books. That, that's it, right? I, I, I'm always kind of hard on retail books because I say like a monkey could run them because it doesn't take any brain power. But think about it. If bet online, what we talked about earlier, that whole process, the Avs open 130, and let's say I bet them to 135, and some other syndicate comes in, bets them to 140, and then someone else comes in, bets the Avs to 145, before you know it, the Avs opened up minus 130, now they're minus 145, okay? So here's what happens in the process. If at this point, the Avs are minus 145, and the Anaheim Ducks are plus 135, now, after all these lines have been settled and they see where the initial pros have made their money or put their money, now all of these retail sports books, BetMGM, Caesars, PointsBet, they simply copy BetOnline. And the, the, the key here is the lines have already moved. They've gotten hammered into place. There is no value left because the value is gone. So all these sports books do their best to wait till the value is gone, copy the lines, put the lines up at their sports books, and then charge a heftier price, right? So not only are they waiting until the value's gone because all the smart sports bettors have taken the good lines early, they're now charging minus 110, minus 110, which is substantially about twice as bad as you could have gotten at the offshore books early on. So that's how BetMGM makes its money. And that's why sports books are so appealing these days. People think you can just open it, copy other lines, charge minus 110, maybe even minus 115 if you're a real asshole, and you'll make a living. That's why I say these bookies, they don't know anything. Bookies are nothing but failed wannabe sports bettors who like the industry, like sports. These people do not know. Now, there's a few and far between out there who maybe could be good sports bettors who are good at this, right? I'm not saying every single bookie in the world, but most bookies out there are looking for this, right? The, the retail side of things where they copy someone else they charge a hefty household, and they watch the money come in. And this is also primarily because most people who use retail books are making parlays and these ridiculously awful bets where you're donating your money to the sports book. If you bet on bet online, you're probably not making that many parlays. Now, I know if you live in a state where it's it's that's where you have to bet, that's a different thing. But overwhelmingly, if most of my friends who or you know, making these five, ten team parlays who I that I always say not to, they're all betting on like FanDuel and BetMGM. So that's the idea. Not only are they getting the worst of the of each price, 
not only are they getting the worst of each number, they're making the the, the bets in, in, in ways that are going to lose them money like parlays. So those are the different kinds of sports books. And to know how markets work, you have to know the difference between market-making sports books, those who open lines, move on action, offer fair prices, compared to retail sports books who have hefty lines, have unfair prices, and who copy other sports books. And you may say, wait, I don't get that though. Why would anyone bet with a retail sports book? That's a very good question, right? You got to ask yourself that. And it's because the retail sports books, instead of offering fair prices, they would rather offer a bad price and put their money towards marketing. That's why we see all the BetMGM commercials. That's why we see all the BetMGM promos, right? Instead of offering minus 105, minus 105, BetMGM says, okay, we're going to offer minus 110, minus 110, but we'll give them a 25% parlay boost instead. That's what retail books try and do. They put their money elsewhere. It's a business decision. Most sports books out there are retail books. They don't actually have anything to do with making the market. And most market makers, all market makers, open lines, move based on action, and really have a big deal to do with where the lines are, where the lines settle into. Um, so let's get back to the market. Now that we know the two different kinds of sports books, market makers and retail sports books, let's get back to the market. And let's talk about how lines move. Because obviously we know sort of the basics of this, right? Um, market, make it, market maker books are going to open a line. People are going to bet into those books and they're going to move. But it's actually much more about who is placing a bet with them rather than how much the bet is for. Now, I mentioned earlier, if I make a max level bet on an NHL game when it opens up, it'll move a little bit. I can move opening lines, right? Uh, most people can move opening lines. The question is, how much can you move an opening line? One cent, two cents, five cents, or 10 cents, right? There's a difference. And the sports book doesn't care really how much the bet is for. Now, if it's a huge bet, they're going to want to balance their actions somewhat. But it's more about, is Tyler making the bet or is it some random back rat player, right? Is this Billy Walters betting, one of the best handicappers of all time, or some random rich person who throws their money away? Sports books have a... a uh, profile on every single one of us. They know what kind of bets we make. They know if we're smart sports bettors. They know what kind of sports we like to bet. They know everything about us. So that's how they decide. Is this a good bet, bad bet? If they know I made you know $25,000 last year betting the NHL, they're probably going to take that bet more seriously than someone who lost $25,000 last year betting the same sport. So it is more about who bets compared to how much is bet. You know, sports books often will take a side. The common trope out there is, you know, sports books, they want 50% action on each side. They pay the losers with the, or pay the winners with the losers money and keep their percentage. That's not really the case. That's sort of a overly, way overly simplified version of what actually happens. More times than not, sports books are taking a side. Now, what side are they taking? Sports books have information. They know who's betting what. Sports books want to position themselves on the side of the sports bettors that win money. Most people think the sports books are sanctimonious and we, we all need to follow the sports books and give them all of our respect and attention and blah, blah, blah. That's not the case. We need to give the best sports bettors in the world our attention because they're the ones moving the market and they're also the ones that all these sports books want to be on their side. If a line opens up minus three and Billy Walters bets it all the way up to minus seven, the house wants the, the favorite to win because that's the side the pros are on. So they're going to try and position the money to where they win when the pros win. So sportsbooks do take a side. It's not 50-50 every time, okay? But I will say this. If you're going to put it in a percentage, I will say lines are made up of 80% who's making the bet and 20% what's the handle on any given side, how much was bet on any given side. 
And it is easier to move fresh opening lines, right? I've talked about I move NHL lines, you know, a couple cents on bet online. It's easier to move those compared to, you know, NFL lines, right? And it's easier to move college baseball lines than it is NHL lines. So it's all relative. And some sports are easier to move than others. And that comes down to how strong the markets are. Okay, let's talk about strong versus weak markets. Strong versus weak markets really defines how easy, in my opinion, it is to win in any given market or any given sport. The NFL and the NBA are considered to be very, very difficult to beat sports or very difficult to beat markets. And that's why most people, when they first get going with this professionally, like I did, you don't bet the NFL and NBA. Why would you want to surround yourself with the world's best handicappers and the world's strongest markets when you just get going in this? You know, you compare the NFL and NBA to, to weaker markets like NHL or even deeper NHL player props. Those are weaker markets. How can we tell the difference between a strong market and a weak market? The first thing we can do is look at the limits. Limits are going to tell you a lot. If any sports book lets you bet five, 10, 15, $20,000 on a game, chances are it's a pretty strong market. Okay, the NFL is not going to take, or the sports book's not going to take a $20,000 bet on a hockey game. It doesn't matter what time of the year, they're never going to do it because the market's so weak. The NFL, if you go make a, an NFL bet the day of the game, you can make, in some places in Vegas, twenty-five, fifty, maybe even $100,000 if they know you. Right, You can make huge bets in the NFL and NBA. Why? Because the markets are strong. And by definition, the strong market means the, the number is going to be more efficient. It's going to be tougher to beat that number. That's why we don't see such big line moves in the NFL. If a line opens up minus three, it's so rare for that line to close minus 10. However, in the NHL, it's not uncommon for a team to open up minus 110, right? Like, like a pick them, and they'll close minus 190. That happens... Not all the time, but way more often in weak markets like the NHL or college baseball compared to strong markets like the NFL or NBA. So you look at the limits, you look at how popular the sports are, how much money. It's all about liquidity. The more liquidity in a market, the stronger that market is. And it's it's simple. That's sort of like, it makes sense, right? The more money, of course, the line's going to get hammered out into more of a precise location because the people betting are going to be smarter and there's going to be more money on that game. And the reason I say the people betting are going to be smarter, it's again about the limits. If you're a million dollar sports better, you're not going to bother with $500 limits in the NHL. You may not even bet that sport because it's not worth your while. So that's how we know the best and brightest are betting the NHL or the, the NFL and the NBA. The limits are so high, it's worth their while. If you can get 20 grand down on an NFL game and only 500 down on an NHL game, you obviously want to put your time and energy towards the $20,000 option because you're going to make more money a lot faster. So the limits, the liquidity, that tells you how strong or weak any market is. And my advice would be, if you're going to get going doing this, start off in the weaker markets and advance to the stronger markets as you get better. Overall, the market refers to an agreed upon price that the smartest, most profitable sports bettors land on. So if we're looking at an NFL schedule, like a whole sports book of NFL games on a Friday, it's pretty fair to say... Okay, this is what the market agrees on. The market thinks Kansas City should be X. The market thinks that the New York Jets should be Y. This is how we can tell what the sports betting world thinks about any given game. And we we should assume that that market and that line 
is usually almost always better than any individual, whether it's us or someone we know. I'm even talking Billy Walters. Collective IQ is always more powerful than individual IQ. Always. This is a known thing. So the market, by definition, is always going to be a very good indicator of what the best and brightest out there think about any given game. And let me say this. If you plan on making a living bucking the market and pretending like the market doesn't matter or it's not important, you're going to lose your money at a very, very fast rate. I talked about earlier this week, I did another show, another podcast I do called College Football Tailgate. And I kind of play the role of the pro sports better on that show. The co-host, the, the lead host, my, my co-host on that show, Will Chambers, is like the biggest college football fan I know, right? He's the definition of a fan, right? He's square. He's a fanatic. He gets all emotional about this stuff. And you should hear the way he talks about the market. If I say, you know, team A is minus three, he says crazy things like, oh, I'd bet that team all the way up to minus nine. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? You don't talk like that if you respect the market and know how the market works. And if you do think like that, you're going to lose your money, like I said, very quickly. You have to respect the market because at the end of the day, as we said, the market is nothing more than, and I shouldn't say nothing more than because it's 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 hyper important, but the market is a, a right out there, very obvious it's out. It's it's there for everyone to look up and everyone to see. What do the best sports bettors in the world think of this game? Just look at it, it, whatever the price is. Like three or four different sports books, that'll tell you. And so, if you vehemently disagree, you know this is this is funny. This is what I did early in my career. I tried because I really trusted my numbers, and my stats. So if I bet a team minus one ten and that moved to like plus 110, I would double down. I'd go, oh, we're getting a better price, and this line's bad. I'm getting the best of it. What I learned, and it was a very, very tough lesson to learn, is that doing that consistently, what you're doing is you're bucking the market, aka you're bucking the best and brightest doing this. So if, if, the, mo- if the smartest collective people making millions of dollars doing this say one thing, and you try and continuously say, nah, I think you're wrong, and I think I'm going to be right more than 55% of the time, Again, that's a way to lose your money very quickly. Okay, so now that we kind of know this about the market, we have some takeaways. How can we use this? How can we be actionable and use this market knowledge with our sports betting? Couple things here. First off, we have to bet early because by definition, the closer we get to game time, the more liquid the market's going to be, the more efficient any line's going to be. You have to bet early if you're going to get good prices. We also learned that, and we didn't talk about this too much, but if this is all true, which it is, Chasing steam, aka seeing where the early professional money is going, is actually not the worst thing. And that's considering the steam is real and no one's trying to pull a head fake. We're not going to get that deep on today's show. But if you just watch the market and see where pros start betting games, NFL games early on a Monday, right? NHL games the day before they play. You see where lines move right when they open up. Steam chasing can actually be pretty profitable or at least somewhat profitable. Um, We can also uh, uh, tell, do we have the best of it? Or at least in in our perception compared to the market's perception. If we bet a team minus three and that team closes minus five, hell yeah. It's like, yeah, we got the best of it. We got in early. The whole market agreed with what we did afterwards. We have a great price. But if we make that make a bet minus three and it closes pick them or minus one, we now say, okay, the sports betting market disagreed with what we thought. And maybe we can reverse engineer and, and see why. And say, okay, why did I think they should be that minus three was a good price? 
and everyone else thought that the other team was a good price at plus three. Why, why did that happen, right? And we can do some reverse engineering and try and find out why did I disagree with the smartest sports bettors in the world on this game? So it's actually very important to do this, right? I've talked about this before. It's, it's so important to have the, to, to be egoless as a sports better. You don't have an ego. It's tough to, to do these things with an ego. It's tough to look and say, well, maybe they were right. I was wrong. Let's, let's dive in and see, you know, the, the, it's very important to say, what does the market think compared to what I think and evaluate your handicapping process and see how you got there. So look, that kind of does it for today's show. That kind of wraps everything up. The market, just to kind of recap everything one more time, Cliff's Notes version, when people refer to the market, they're referring to the collective of all the best sports bettors in the world moving a price into what they believe to be an efficient number. Once a line stops moving, really, sort of by the way lines work and the way the market works, both sides of whoever was betting on it thinks that the volume has gone. So, so I guess to give an example here, if an NFL line opens up three on Monday morning and it moves to six and then doesn't move off of six for the rest of the week, what does that tell us? We can actually learn a lot from that. What that tells us is all of the best pro sports bettors out there, they agree that the price should be somewhere around six. Because if they thought the price should be seven, they would bet it up to seven, right? If you think the price should be seven and the, the sports betting market's offering six, well, you bet six and then you bet six and a half. And then once it gets to seven, you stop betting. Okay. And let's say another syndicate out there with just as much money thought that the price should actually be six. Well, now they take the plus seven and plus six and a half and knock it back down to six, right? And let's say both these sports books end up going back and forth. A lot of money comes in and the line settles on six and a half. What we can tell is that that is where the world says, okay, no more value. Because if there was value, someone with money would be moving that line. So we can tell when a line settles that the rest of the sports betting world doesn't think there's volume left or, or value left, not volume, value left. So ask yourself, if the entire sports betting world said, okay, no more value once the line got to minus three, and at that very point, BetMGM and PointsBet open up minus three on their websites, do you really think you're going to make money consistently betting into that three, whether it's minus three or plus three? The answer is no, because both the value's gone on both sides. The line is settled. That's why I think this is so funny when you know, ESPN on Sunday morning will do their public money reports. Let's see the public money. It's like, it doesn't matter where the public money is because there's no value by definition on either side. So I don't care whether 80% is on the home favorite or the away dog. There's no value left because the market says there's no value left. So, you know, I don't want to get too confusing here, but the market is, is referring to what all the best sports bettors in the world think. And when all the value is gone, the line stops moving. It's not about sports books. It's about betters. But in today's show, we did go over different kinds of sports books, retail versus market makers, because they do have an important part in opening the line. But a market is, or the market refers to everyone. What does everyone with millions of dollars think about this line? That's what makes the market strong or weak. That's what makes markets easy to beat or hard to beat. And that's how lines move. I appreciate you listening to today's show. Uh, good luck, whatever you have going on today or tonight. I hope you catch some winners. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Sports Betting Daily.